on this episode of Team Building Saves the World. I don't recommend things I don't actually try to see if they work or not. Okay, good. Oh, so September, here we go. They want me back in the office. Wow. <laughs> and that's what works. It's like the, you know, the hair club for men guy. Like He's like, I'm not only president, I also use the stuff. But the biggest number one challenge that people say from working from home, and there's lots of challenges, Once again, it's me, your old friend, Rich Rinnensland, host of Team Building Saves the World, the show where I speak to the leaders and innovators of the team building industry from all across the globe, trying to find out what about that industry is so important, especially in the world of today. And today we're talking about the important topic of self-care and resilience with virtual trainer and facilitator Rob Fletcher. But first, I need to share some love with my supporters at Team Bonding. If your team is ready to experience teamwork through the power of play, then visit teambonding.com to learn more. Now, team, join me in welcoming a consultant, author, international speaker, and the founder of Quixote Consulting, Mr. Rob Fletcher. And Rob, that is just a small group of people I keep chained up under my desk just to applaud you. How are you today? Doing great, Rich. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Why don't we start off real nice and simple? Just tell my team a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this industry. Sure, absolutely. I've run a company called Quixote Consulting, and we do team building and team development, and I uh, have a strong relationship with team bonding. Been in the industry for just about 20 years, just over 20 years, somewhere around there, and started an interesting path. I started working with kids. And we're oh. doing uh, nature educate outdoor education, and then learned team building, and did high ropes courses, and then moved on to college groups, moved on to corporate groups, and then uh, moved into more classroom based stuff. And uh, really, my passions, my two passions, are depth and fun. So this seems like the best cross section of those two places, where you really help people tangibly, mm. and also uh, make it interactive and fun, and, and play games uh, while we're doing it. What do you mean by depth and fun? Depth means, uh, you know, like it's not just for fun. Like some things like people will say, well, oh, let's go bowling and it's team building. Right. And it's like, it's just fun, but you're not really, really learning more about each other as a team. You're not, you know, making the ties to the workplace and things like that. So mm-hmm. the depth part is, is more like real helpful stuff that people can use both within the team setting at work, but then also in their personal lives as well. And I got to see one of your webinars with team building, with team bonding, rather, about uh, the self-care and resilience for yourselves. What led you in that direction? Well, that's, uh, I, I guess, a personal passion because so much of that is around, like, whole person. And that's so, to me, so important. Uh, you know, the best leaders today are really thinking about the whole people and taking care of your body, your mind, your heart, your, you know, your values, your people, your connection, and things like that. So... I, you know, do a wide range of stuff and, uh, and topics, but the resiliency is personally meaningful for me. And it feels like the biggest kind of help personally that people can have both work and home life. And which is really one synonymous at this point, one and right. the same. Right. Also, it's the, you know, it's, it's what's most needed. And uh, regardless of COVID, it is 
really the biggest challenge for people. How so? Well, it's just that I think the more uncertainty happens in life and the more upheaval happens in life and the more the more we're asked to do more with less and the more we see radical change happening and things we don't know happening and the more we work from home or are for, forced back into the office, mm-hmm. you know, one way or another, there is an incredible amount of stress that keeps piling up on that. And there is no signs of, of us just taking a breath and as a country, as a world, and right. just being like, okay, we're, let's relax a little bit. We're, everybody's doing okay. It's just more and more stress. Especially now, COVID is here. It's going to be a part of our lives for generations, more than likely. Let's get into it. What are some examples? I mean, how can people help their stress, especially while still working? Well, the most important part, the most important piece, and I, you know, when we do a full or half day or a full day of resiliency training, we, there's an eight step model. But okay. even in those, like the one hour webinars, we focus especially on the base three. And you think of it as a pyramid, meaning like the first one you, is the most necessary. The second one can't happen without the first one and the right. third one and so on and so forth. The base is sleep is increasing the amount of sleep that you get and the quality of your sleep you get. And it is, it is both the most important and it's the lowest hanging fruit on the tree because <laughs> everybody I know, uh, you know, some people may be exercising, some people may be eating right. Some people may be having good connections, mm-hmm. but nobody says, Hey, I have enough sleep and I'm getting just the amount I need, you know? Oh, I do. So let's start there because sure. I have for years had problems with sleep. As I'm getting older, especially, suddenly I'm waking myself up with snoring. And I have what I consider good sleep hygiene, meaning that I don't watch screens, you know, up to almost like an hour before before I'm getting ready for bed. It's about yeah. getting myself wind down, relaxing. I have a little white noise machine just to just to help quiet down the sounds from the house around me. But I still find myself waking up over and over again in the middle of the night. What are some of the things you could you could coach for someone like myself? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, kudos to you. You are ahead of most of the population. Because <laughs> <laughs> most people are looking at their screens on their phones just as they start to close their eyes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, things to think of. And one thing to know is that, you know, it is a myth that people, as we age, we need less sleep. It is just harder for us to sleep. So you are experiencing that firsthand. And, and I, I empathize and I, um, I'm right there with you. It is, it is more challenging. Geez, if only when I was a teenager, you know, you could just close your eyes and like 11 hours later, you're like, wow, that was, that was pretty good. All right, what are we doing for fun today? Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, the things that you're doing right. Uh, definitely uh, no screen an hour before you go to bed. That's super helpful. And the closer you get to bed, it is helpful to to do the um, the warming of the screen, and meaning that there's night shift on your phone, and uh, so uh, you know if you have an iPod, there's this thing exactly called night shift. Um, if you on your on your computer, there's apps. I have an app on my computer called Flux, but that is not the only one. And basically, I have it set for you know right around sunset time. It automatically yellows the screen, so it decreases the blue light, and the blue light. Not only the content of what you're looking at, right. but it's the blue light itself. Blue light is basically signaling to your brain, wake up, wake up, mm. wake up, wake up. So if you're watching that and you're getting tired, you're still getting that message of the wake up, wake up, wake up. 
And your brain is a plane, but it takes time to ascend and takes time especially to descend into sleep. And so, for example, we always get that that notification when we're on the plane. Okay, we've reached 10,000 feet. Turn off your electronics. You know, we, we need that for that slow descent down. And that is exactly what you're thinking. You know, you want your you want some kind of alarm. Like I have an alarm on my uh, Fitbit that just taps my arm, taps my hand, tells me like, oh, yeah, right. No more screens mm. for the rest of the night. And if I must, you know, there's always a, a must. Then you make sure that you use a screen that is warmed up, that is that has the, the yellow light and the, the blue light reduced. So that's definitely so another thing that you're doing right is the white noise. That's super helpful. I say the best thing you can do with your bedroom is to make a bed cave because our brains, even though we like to think that we're modern human beings, mm-hmm. we are really Neanderthals, cave people at heart or at brain, I should say. And so you think about, okay, what was a cave like? That's where they slept. That was a safe spot for them. Right. And it is three things about the cave. There's, it's cool, it's dark, and it's quiet. So you want to find a way to decrease the temperature, including in the winter too. You know, in the, in the summer, it's great to have air conditioning or if you can have, you know, the open air, whatever, whatever it takes, but to decrease the, the temperature as cool as you can take it, but without being ridiculously cold, it's better to have the room too cold for sleep and for you to use a blanket than for it to be too warm. So there's something also, even though the pressure of a blanket is reassuring for people. Okay. So you want that, and then you also want it as dark as possible. So I'll give you an example of what I do when I'm on the road in a hotel getting ready to see a client the next day. I turn off the light when it's dark, and I look around the room, and I look to see where is the glowy stuff. Where is the stuff? How can I decrease this light? Yeah. So in, in hotel rooms, there's always like that bar of light coming underneath the door. So I put a towel under there. There's a glowing symbol coming from the TV that is facing the bed. So I put a towel or a pillow over that. There's, they've got the clock aimed at you. And so I flip that over, put it on the ground, put it on the floor, things like that. Only takes about like five minutes. And man, it's so much better. And make Or like testing the blackout curtains, things like that. So, you know, if you can use a white noise, white noise is great. The, you know, the, the sudden noises and the random noises that wake us up, which makes sense. We don't want to get eaten by something while we're sleeping. Uh, so there's some part of our brain that's doing that. Sure. Um, so white noises are great. Earplugs are also okay. Or if you can't decrease the light in your room, you know, you can wear eye shades, things like that. So that's bed cave screen free. You know, sleep schedule is super important mm. and to train your brain like, this is the time I go to bed and this is the time I wake up. Right. And the closer you can adhere to that, including the weekends, it's like the weekends, your brain isn't just like, Whoa, okay, great. I can stay up until two and sleep until one in the afternoon. And then, you know, and then I should be fine on Monday morning when I have to wake up at seven or whatever, something like that. So sleep schedule is super important. Do you have questions about that? Or I've got, I've got a ton of these, these. No, no, actually the the rolling question about you, where did you get, where did you learn about all this? Where did you find out about it for yourself? Uh, The the fancy term for me is an autodidact, meaning I love teaching myself stuff. Ah. I love learning. I love reading. I geek out on books. I geek out on research articles, like those really dry stuff. And I just gather things, you know, my background is in business finance. I, you know, I went to NYU for business finance, and then I went to SUNY New Paltz for jazz uh, guitar performance. 
So I, I like to think I'm a renaissance man, but it's probably just I'm like I'm jack of all trades, master of none. But uh, <laughs> th- things that get me excited, I dive deep and hard and fast. And so, you know, sleep is just like seems like the, the most important thing. So yep. spend a lot of time on it. Okay. So we have pretty much a population right now who are still working from home with a small percentage who are being forced back into not I, I don't want to say forced back who are being brought back into the workplace. For those uh, who are, is an okay word. Right. For, but for <laughs> in those cases, I, I have a lot of coaching clients where they're just like, oh, so September, here we go. They <laughs> want me back in the office. Wow. <laughs> but for those who are, let's start with those who are working from home. What kind of things can they be doing for themselves? Because when I first, when, when the pandemic first hit, my big panic was the fact that one month's worth of work went away. Because I had been doing everything outdoors, going to clients, you know, meeting them in hotels, facilitating their events, so on and so forth. That all vanished in a week, and the panic levels were up there. But then we pivoted quickly and started doing live virtual facilitation. But now I'm stuck in my office chair here at my home, staring into a computer screen for what can be 8, 10, 12 hours a day. So what do you recommend for somebody who's finding themselves in that situation? Well, the, the biggest three words that I can tell you is mind the gap. And what that means is like when you're working from home, work home, there is no gap. Right. It's just all flows together. And it, it basically means it's work because <laughs> that's the bulk of the time that is being spent when you're awake. So places that you can put, so you put gaps wherever you can, uh, conscious gaps, and that you do every day until it gets unconscious. Meaning like in order to form a habit, you just got to do it every day consciously for up to 40 days. Um, I try convincing my 15 year old daughter that exact same thing. Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It never worked, uh, but I try. Yeah, so basically like you look for gaps. And so here are candidates for gaps. Okay. You know, what's your quote unquote commute? And what is that? What that means is like there was a commute yep. for most of us. Mm-hmm. For me, like you, uh, we had really random commutes where sometimes it was like a day in a plane. But for most people, it is a thirty-minute to two-hour drive in the morning, thirty-minute to two-hour drive in the afternoon. And uh, and yeah, I was talking to people in April along with last year with them freaking out. They were also like, "Oh man, I've got like two extra hours of my life in my day, and I'm going to do so many cool things." And basically the research says that we all just ended up working two more hours a day. Right. Uh, you know, in the U S anyway. So, uh, like Scandinavian countries like Denmark was really interesting. Denmark spiked with their work hours, just like every other country, Mm -hmm. but then they took it back down and they are back to where they are in terms of the hours that they work in a day to pre COVID levels. Hmm. We are anywhere between 40 minutes to two hours more a day. Uh, from pre-COVID levels, and right. we no sign of us doing any less. So you know, so you look at the gaps. Like, what's your commute? What's your what's your gap that you can put between home and work in the morning? Could you maybe go for a short walk, or could you do something like something enjoyable for yourself? And what's your gap at the end of the day? And then also think about like, what's my quote unquote lunch hour? Mm. Do you know like, don't ever eat your lunch in front of your screen at work, at home, anything like get away from the screen, like step away. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you put there, you put these gaps there and then you put gaps in, in throughout your day where you have some kind of reminder. And so for me, I have a 30 minute timer on my phone 
that is ready for me to set. And I, I do this. I don't recommend things. I don't actually try to see if they work. Or not. Okay, good. Uh, and this works. This is called the Pomodoro technique. And so, you know, we can't do it obviously when we are in front of in a meeting or in clients or something right. like that. But if we're doing individual work, you set your timer for 30 minutes or they say 20 minutes is fine, but 30 minutes seems to be the sweet spot for me. Okay. So set your timer for 30 minutes. You put your phone out of your reach. So you, you have to actually get up out of your chair in order to turn your timer off. And at the end of 30 minutes, the time's off. At the very least, you now have done 10 steps that you wouldn't have done. So you move just a little bit more because moving is, is so key for resiliency. And it's so key for the brain because uh, the way the brain works is we are not like a marathon brain user, meaning like slow and steady and long. Like you, all day long, like we can just go at the same pace, that same like medium pace, you know, or slow pace, depending on how fast you might want to run a marathon. I've never done one. I don't know. Tried the Boston Marathon when I lived on the route, but uh, I didn't get very far. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so it's like instead of a marathon, we are meant, or the way our, our brains work best is to sprint, stop, sprint, stop, sprint, stop. So you do 30-minute sprint. And then you pause for five to 10 minutes and then you do another 30 minute sprint, pause five to 10 minutes, 30 minute sprint, pause to five to 10 minutes. So those are ways to put gaps in throughout the day. But the biggest number one challenge that people say from working from home, mm-hmm. and there's lots of challenges and lots of wonderful things, but lots of challenges. The biggest number one challenge is ending work and going re-entering home life. It's the end of the day is the hardest part. Right. So that really needs, just like you need a sleep schedule, you need an end of work schedule. And so that's huge to have an end of work schedule. And you set your set an alarm for 10 to 20 minutes before that time and use that time to wrap up whatever you're doing, clean up anything, closing up things that are open, uh, refresh your to-do list, get yourself ready for the morning so you can start with a, with a fresh mind. Hmm. And then at the end of that time, if you are using a work computer and a work phone, then you turn those off and you put them away. So you, what you want to do at the end of the day is make it easy for you to do what you want to do, what is good for you, what is helpful for you and your family to do, and make it hard for you to do the stuff that is bad for you, which is to check your email and stuff, things like that. And then the other piece is if you are working at different time zones and are going to send an email to somebody else on your team, right. save it. Send it the next morning. So write it, save it. You know, it's like somebody guaranteed somebody on your team is at your table as at the dinner table with their family, having a lovely dinner. Sure. And they're getting a ping with a meeting invite for two weeks from now from you. And you're like, (laughs) don't be rude. Uh, You know, like don't be rude to each other, like really respect each other's boundaries. Excellent. Thanks so much, Rob. Hold on one second. I actually have to step away from you for a quick second. All right. Because I want to tell my team out there about a company I'm very proud to be a part of, Team Bonding. Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? They've created a catalog of innovative events using the power of play as a learning tool and tapping into the correlation of work and play. From scavenger hunt to Jeopardy and so much more, the team bonding of activities, live, virtual, and hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results. 
And now we're back having a seriously fun conversation with Rob Fletcher. Rob, you, you're talking about resiliency. How do you define resiliency in this case? In this case, I, I, I take a definition that people do and just move it just a little bit. So a, okay. a classic definition is to bounce back, to be resilient, to, to uh, you know, basically to take something that is challenging and to bounce back to where you were. But I like to say it is, don't think of bounce back, I think bounce forward. And so what that means is, so for example, you imagine a caterpillar, right? Like a caterpillar right. eating milkweed and then decide like, okay, I'm going to become form a chrysalis. I'm going to be encased in this thing. I'm going to become this whole bunch of goo in here. And then I'm going to reform as another caterpillar. <laughs> and uh, you're like, no, that doesn't, you know, that's not really what you want. So, you know, like that's, that's bouncing back to where you were. Okay. So, you know, so what we're looking for is take the hit, you know, like whatever the hit is, whether it's COVID or whether it's working from home or whether it's the family or whether it's not being able to sleep and find a way to make your life even better. I think about the moments that I've grown the most in my life have also been the hardest. Mm. Uh, so we're not looking for comfort. We're not looking for people to get back to back to quote, quote normal because right. it's never going to be normal again. Right. You know, it's going to be something different. And so we're looking for a new way for you to thrive. Okay. That's the long answer to my definition. No, that's great. So let's talk about that. I want to look at this now. Let's see if we can look at this from the, from the point of view of a manager or a business owner who does want their people to come back. They're spending money on an office space that they haven't used for a year and a half, practically, at least not to any kind of capacity they were used to. How can I make sure my people are taking care of themselves while in this very stressful environment. I mean, we still don't know. It's not like we're all flashing our vaccination cards and saying, see, I'm perfectly safe to be around. You know, you never know from one minute to the next who you're going to be next to. So yeah, exactly. what, what can I do as, as an owner to actually make my employees comfortable and make sure that they're taking care of themselves? Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Number one is uh, really be thoughtful about uh, this is maybe not making sure that they take care of themselves, mm. but making sure that what you're doing is intentional in terms of bringing your, your team back together. Okay. So don't bring your team back together in the office so that they can sit there and do individual work. You know, they can do that at home right. and they may want to do that. at home. <laughs> you, you bring people back the best examples or best ideas that I've encountered all involved. Like there are certain days of the week, or certain parts of days of the week that we are all in the office mm. and that we are all in the office for specific reasons. These are collaboration days. These are collaboration times. So, uh, you know, this is where the in-person's meeting, the brainstorming happens. This is where the, you know, the networking happens and stuff like that. Like okay. the focus, if you're having everybody in the office this early on, post the most hardest of the pandemic, there's got to be good reason for it. It's not just because you don't trust them to do the work at home because we found they do the work at home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they're not doing the work at home, like you find you get different people on the bus, uh, but most people are doing the work at home and they're doing more than enough of the work at home. Yeah. So that's, that's number one is making sure that your time is intentional at work. Uh, number two is for you to walk the talk. So you say what, that it's important for you, and then you do it. 
as the manager, as the owner, as the, you know, as the team lead, CEO, CEO, any, anybody, anywhere down the line, not only do you say this is important, but you show this is important and you keep reinforcing it. So it's just like being a parent, you know, you can't smoke cigarettes and tell your kids like cigarettes are bad for you. Don't smoke, don't <laughs> smoke. It's really bad. You should never smoke. And while you smoke, 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 smoke that cigarette. Uh-huh. Like, no, you've got to say like, Hey, this is a, like, let's have a sleep challenge. Let's have a, let's have a wellness challenge, you know, things like that. to so get people on board. I was just talking to somebody that took on their company's wellness challenge and he lost 70 pounds. He like took it and literally ran with, with the wellness challenge. Wow. And he is so super happy. And that is all because the company really invested in, in wellness and, you know, in, in bringing in training to learn about it and to, to find it and to form up a, a, a kind of challenge. So there's that. There's also taking people that, uh, you know, bringing in people that this is their, they eat, sleep, and drink it. Like, so for example, me, like bringing in people that, that care most about it mm-hmm. and to be able to, uh, to learn about that kind of stuff and then find a way to not just take that information, to, but to use it in the daily, have it interwoven in. Okay. So for example, like the 30-minute thing, for, for meetings or something like that to making meetings more intentional or standing meetings or walking meetings, which, uh, you know, smart people do basically like that, that works better for, for folks. So, so almost yeah. like, almost like at a Montessori school, let's make sure our art class is outside today. Yes. Yeah, I, exactly. And one of the pillars of resiliency is outside. Mm. And uh, even if you don't uh, get exercise, exercise is super important for us sure. and helps us sleep, which is interesting and helps us eat better, mm. which is another, uh, you know, no, another one of the foundations, but getting outside is something about the light calms us down the outside literal light, even when it's like a cloudy day, kind of a thing, mm. something about being outside uh, relaxes our brain a little bit and helps us and, and calms us down. So, okay. you know, having, even having windows, even having, even if you can't get outside, even having a picture of green actually literally helps. So, you know, hmm. think even screensavers, for example, or giving people like options of standing desks or things like that. Okay. Let's say now that, uh, let's go a little more extreme. I'm a manager who, while all of this sounds great, I need to know what kind of benefits I, I should be seeing from allowing my people to work this way and for myself. What kind of benefits do we see when self-care is something that's ingrained into the corporate culture? Basically what everybody really wants. So, you know, like I'll go from from personal to uh, to the bottom line, basically. So the, the personal thing is basically we get more energy back. We look better. We literally, our skin glows if we get exercise. So, you know, so we look better, we, we feel better, we have more energy, we're happier. And when we're happier, happiness travels. It does not, and it does not travel to go back and say sadness does not travel as far as happiness. So when you are happy and when you're enthusiastic, you change not only the people around you, but the people around them and the people around them. Ah. It's a really interesting move out. And when that happens, uh, you know, I, I teach a lot of time management as well. But the first thing I say in time management classes is it's not time management, it's energy management. You know, your time is non-negotiable, but your energy can fluctuate and go up and down. It's like the stock market, you know, it goes up and it goes down. So there are things you can do to increase your energy and your mental cognitive load and attention. Mm -hmm. 
And there are things that you can do to decrease that energy. And if you decrease your energy, you can't do your work and you can't do your work well and you make stupid mistakes and you get hangry and like you get, you know, there's all like how much time do we spend talking about communication or miscommunication with just like people, you know, taking things the wrong way and hurt feelings and that kind of a thing. And that is what happens when you don't get a good night's sleep. It's just like super easy, right? Draw straight lines, you know, to really what you want. You've got to take care of yourself and you've got to take care of each other. And of course, one of the most important things that these might would be for a manager uh, is retention. Is keeping Absolutely. The, and, and that is huge. And that is almost, I think, the biggest reason why I'm, you know, this is like resiliency has always been uh, helpful and popular, mm-hmm. but it has just exploded in the last year. It has just, it's like, it's, it's nuts how much resiliency, you know, training I'm leading. And it's like, it's not the only thing I do. It's one of many things, but it is like, it has, I've become even more of an expert on it because it's just, that's what they want. And they, that is ex- what you said is exactly what everyone says. We are worried. We want to keep our people. Yeah. Because we're reading a whole lot of articles about people that are, are rethinking their life, rethinking their values, rethinking their work. What are they, what do I want? And what do I want in this life? And life is, is potentially short and life is important and valuable mm-hmm. and I don't want to waste it. So make sure you take care of me, uh, managers, for example. <laughs> All That's right. What thinking. Last, if, if I'm an employee who hears this podcast, hopefully, and agrees with everything that you're saying, how should I best approach my manager and let them know that this is something that we should be considering for the future for our company? Like, where can I find more information? Uh, you mean about our programs or about resiliency itself? Yes, either or. Okay. Well, you can go to teambonding.com and check out the training section. Okay. And there should be a, there'll be a description of the resiliency program right on there. But in terms of uh, finding more information, you know, there's some great books, uh, you know, there, you can just basically like look at Amazon and, and put in sleep and the books will come up. You can look at move or eating, you know, there's tons of books if you like that kind of thing, audio books, uh, Audible and stuff, and one of my best friends. You know, it's just great for learning that kind of thing. But in terms of, you know, kind of convincing your manager, you can go one of two ways. You can yep. take more of the business case and think of the energy piece and or I would say also like live these principles, do it yourself and be the change you want to see, hmm. as Gandhi would say. So what that means is if you feel better and you look better and you are more effective at your work and you are happier and people realize that and people want to be around a happy person, like a cold person wants to be around a a warm, glowing fire. Like it just helps. And so if you are that lightning rod, if you are that leader, uh, you know, you can, what they say about orchestras, you can lead from any chair, meaning like whatever chair you're sitting in right now, literally, you can lead from it with your, with your people. So you can be the change you want to see and then say like, Hey, this has really worked for me. And that's what works. It's like the, you know, the hair club for men guy. Like he's like, I'm not only president, I've also used the stuff and, or, you know, like the, the, the medical doctor, I'm a guy who's wearing a white coat and uh, this works, uh, whatever it is. But you know, it's like, I, I, like I say, like I only tell people stuff that I've tried and I've found to work. Yeah. Work for me, work for other people, and to be helpful. So if you find, use, take some of these principles, try them out. Use them, 
and, and then let them know how it works, how helpful it is and say, Hey, we should really, you know, we should really move this. We should have this, have our team do this. We should move. And then once our team works, let's move it around the organization. And cause that often happens when I'm with a team, work, work with the team. And then they say, okay, everybody has to do this. For example, Rob, I could literally go on and on and on talking to you about this. I mean, God knows there's so much about this to cover. But and there's so, there is rich, yeah. I, you know, so sometime I'll even do two days of resiliency training, for example. Nice. Uh, you know, but we do a we do a pretty awesome one hour virtual webinar as well. It really gets people interactive and, and get some learning, too. So so they yeah, can find you a, on the, they can find you on the team bonding website. Where else can people find you? I have, my company is called Quixote Consulting, Q-U-I-X-O-T-E consulting as in Don Quixote, the famous man of La Mancha, La Mancha, sure. if you will, and also robfletcher.com and, um, and also I'm on LinkedIn, et cetera, and so forth. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn Fantastic. and uh, happy, to, happy to help people out. Thank you, Rob. Thank you very, very much. I literally just, I enjoyed this so very much. Thank you for coming on board with us. And oh, um, great, to, great I, to be with you, Rich. Thank you. I, I, just so you know, I'm sucking up to you a little bit because it's time to put you on the hot seat in my speed round. All right. All right, so I started explaining this to you a little bit before we came on, Rob. It basically is, we're going to have 60 seconds. You'll start to hear music play, and I'll start asking you questions. Your objective here is try to get as many answers done. doesn't even have to be correct. Just done within 60 seconds. Try to empty your mind, come up with only short, simple answers. If you are feeling challenged at all, uh, the number to beat would be 13. So if you want some competitive nature in you to feed, then by all means, let's see if we can hit that number or better. So are you all set? Sounds good. Fantastic. Let us begin as soon as you hear the music. What's your name? Rob. How many kids do you have? Zero. How many pets? If you could ask yeah. our current president one question, what would it be? Well, uh, get, will you get serious about climate change? Excellent. What's your favorite movie quote? Uh, I don't know. Don't have one. <laughs> okay. What's a what's one of your pet peeves? Uh, lack of respect, especially on the road. Sleeping with sheets tucked in or tucked out? on the bottom. Do you count your steps? I do. What is your favorite kind of sandwich? Peanut butter and banana. Cake or pie? Pie. What's your favorite season of the year? Summer. Rob, 11. You got 11. Fantastic. Good job. Thank you, Rich. Just so you know, the, the 13 was actually a group of people. Oh. So not just one person. So you got 11. That is a fantastic job. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for coming on board. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, please give a big round of applause for Rob Fletcher. <laughs> I should really feed those people and let them go out and stretch their legs, don't you think? That's uh, part of resiliency. Get them yeah. out of the, under the desk, Rich. They've been listening to the whole thing, and they're just staring up at me. It's rude. Anyway, that's going to be it for me, my friends. We have reached the end of another episode of Team Building Saves the World. If you're new to this podcast or an old member of my team, please share this podcast with whoever else you might know. 
this is some very important subjects we're reaching this season, and I think everybody should be hearing about them. Um, and I hope you do too. Now, as we go on, you can always find out more about us at all of our social medias. We are at Team Bond Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you find your normal uh, your normal social medias. We are also at teambonding.com slash podcast, where you can find not only this episode, but every episode we ever put out. Plus, you can find us on wherever you find your regular podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places. That's where we're going to be because we want this team to grow and grow. So as we say our goodbyes one more time, my friends, whether you've heard this a million times from me before or if you're brand new, please always remember as you go forth in this world, if you're within the sound of my voice, you are now on my team and I am forever going to be on yours. So from all of us here at Team Building Saves the World to all of you out there, have a great day and I'll see you next time. It's been said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your coworkers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.